When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. As good a sports weekend as you could possibly ask for, obviously. Baseball playoffs in full swing. Hockey season starts next week. NBA's around the corner. Monster college games will make our predictions. We've got to pay tribute to a legend that we lost this week, and we most certainly will. But for this morning, only one place to start. Here we go! Only one place to start. 14 in a row. Goodbye. And the longest losing streak in Bears history. Bye-bye. 40 to 20. The Bears take care of the Washington Commanders. It's the fruits of the labor. Guys sticking together. Guys working hard during practice. Now they see results from it. All right. What a shocker last night on the Thursday night week five kickoff as the Bears go into D.C. and lay down a beatdown by the Beltway. That was the voice, by the way, of my old boss, Jeff Joniak, the man who calls the Bears games now and has for a long time, gave me my first job in the business. So he either gets the credit or the blame, depending <laughs> upon your perspective. Uh, we got Tannenbaum and Graziano good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up. And obviously, that's where we begin with a game that I will confess stunned me. Yeah. There were so many things about that game that surprised me. Washington looked so good, albeit I hated the decision by Ron Rivera on Sunday, not to try and win that game in Philadelphia with a two-point conversion. I thought their defense was going to dominate last night. I thought the Bears are going to implode short week on the road. Everything in the world felt like it was stacked up against the Bears, and instead they win their first game essentially in a calendar year. Graziano, how do you explain it? It was amazing. I mean, you settle in to watch a game, you're right. You're expecting something. Oh, the Bears look great last week, but everybody's beating up on the Denver defense, so it must have been that. And then they come out aggressive. They're throwing it down the field. They're protecting him with, with backup offensive linemen. Uh, he knows enough to, to know what number DJ Moore wears, and, and that was enough for last night. I just think the Bears all through the first few weeks of the season, felt like they were building something that the, that the outside world wasn't seeing. Felt like there were some good signs on offense that they would get healthier as the year got along, went along and that Justin Fields was building confidence. And I think last night, that's what it looked like. And I, yeah, they got to the second half, right, and they're kind of holding on for dear life. I mean, somebody's getting hurt on every play. They're out of running backs. But... And they've lost 14 games in a row. So, like, you can't feel confident until it's over. But they, they did pull it out. They made the plays they needed to make. And I think it's only beneficial for them going forward. You know, two things stood out to me. One is they won the toss and took the ball. Right. And I think Matt Eberflus was sort of sending a message like, hey, if I'm going down, we are going down swinging. And RC said this during the show, Greeny, and I think it really bears repeating. Third and 14, first drive. Everyone's thinking, okay, kick the field goal, 3 nothing. Yep. That was a great pass that he threw in the back of the end zone to DJ Moore. That set the tone to me. And when you think about what they've overcome, especially on the offensive line injuries, like Justin Fields deserves a ton of credit. Look, there's a long way to go to see what his evaluation is going to be, but that was really encouraging from a Bear perspective. Oh, their, yeah, sorry. Their defense set an early tone in that game, too. I mean, especially they really beat up on the back end, 
but the, and and you know they've been giving up a lot of points. Blew a big lead on Sunday, so they were the first couple Washington possessions last night were all Bears too. I, it was really impressive to watch that first first and second quarter. The game surprised me. In so many ways, I can hardly count them all. By the way, I also will um, ask you to please respect my privacy today um, during this difficult time. I was facing DJ Moore in fantasy (laughs) last night. He had 49 points last night on his eight catches for 200 and I think 30 yards and, and three touchdowns. So he just dominated the action last night and so did Fields. And you made an interesting point earlier, Mike T. And again, with your experiences as a team builder and a general manager, the way the Bears handled the Chase Claypool mistake may very well wind up having been something more beneficial than even the, the pick that they lost. For those around the country who don't know what I'm talking about, last year the Bears traded what amounted to a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. It was the first pick of the second round, and because of a vacated pick, it proved to be the 32nd pick in the draft. Chase Claypool has been awful. I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin how bad he's been. So bad, and in fact so bad, obviously off the field, in the locker room, et cetera. They sent him home, and they've sent him away. And you're thinking to yourself, if you're me, just another nail in the coffin. But you were saying it's a chance to send a message, and maybe that message resonated. That's right. The standards are the standards, fellows. And if that standard is violated on or off the field, you're gone. And I thought they played with a collective sense of urgency we hadn't seen. And if we had uh, the parade of expatriates come through here, the Teddy Bruskies of the world, on and on and on, they will say that's Bill Belichick 101. He is beholden to one thing, and that is a meritocracy. And I think what they did last night is they took a really bad situation, which you just laid out, Greeny, and said, hey, you know what? This is going to be an opportunity, and it showed up on the field last night. Yeah, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong for the Bears this year. The situation with the defensive coordinator, right? I mean, like, every, every, name it. And they've been through it uh, in the first uh, four, three, four weeks of the season. So they needed last night. I mean, that was massive for them. And, and again, I mean, 14, I mean, you ever lose 14 in a row? Like, I mean, it's unheard of. And almost no one ever has. Right. And so, gave up 25 points in each of those games. I mean, like, can you imagine the misery? I mean, a calendar year almost without winning a game. I just think it's I mean, it's impressive that they that they were able to hang together and get to this point in their season. I don't know where it goes from here. Maybe they lose the rest of their games. But what they showed last night was something that they've been talking about behind the scenes. They knew was not showing up to the general public that was watching their games, and I'm, I'm sure they're feeling very satisfied about it today. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Yes, let's give credit where it's due. You mentioned it, and you've been telling me this. Graziano knows a lot of people with the Bears pretty well, and you've been telling me for the last several weeks that while the results have not been there on the field, that they felt it was getting better. Yeah, they did. And, and I think it's not just about Justin Fields, but you know, texting with some people there after Sunday's game, tough loss, but, but he looked a lot better. What was the difference? And the answers were coming back. You know, The whole operation on offense was just better. Everybody doing their jobs. Everybody knowing where they're supposed to be. And I think you know, that does say a lot. I mean, Claypool was supposed to be a big part of it, and he hasn't played in these last two games. The offensive line is down to backups at key positions. They lost their center during the game last night. So the fact that they're, they're having to patch it together at key spots, and yet they're still making progress on offense, I think that, that's what really had them encouraged, uh, even through the very, very difficult parts of the early season. So now what? That, that becomes yeah. an interesting question in Chicago. By the way, every week our friends at AutoZone ask me to pick someone who was in the zone in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Is there any question who that is this morning? We're going to give it to DJ Moore. 
Once again, I'll ask you to respect my privacy. 49 <laughs> fantasy points thrown in my face in the Thursday night opener. Greedy, free fantasy advice. Whoever Emmanuel Forbes is covering next week, yeah. take that guy. Okay. It was A.J. Brown a week ago. Last night it was DJ Moore and whoever he has next week. Fair enough. I I should have had that one in mind one way or another. He was most certainly in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Magic Johnson went on. uh, Oh, no, no. That's not what I was going to do. Sorry. I sidetracked myself with feeling sorry for myself in my fantasy, my pending fantasy defeat. Um, It's an interesting question where they go from here. Because football is such a week-to-week sport. It's just incredible. Yesterday morning, I was firing everybody. I was trading everybody. I was doing the typical greeny overreaction. And so now I'm doing that again in the opposite direction. Do they suddenly have hope? Look at their next five games. Feels highly winnable. Minnesota, they look bad. Raiders, they look bad. Uh, I had it in front of me a minute ago. They have a bunch of winnable-looking games. Carolina's in there. Uh, There is no loser in that game because the Bears have both picks. So so now what? So, So Mike Tannenbaum, if you're them... If, if, if you're Ryan Poles and you're sitting there and let's say you're assuming you're going to have that job again uh, by the, you know, you'll still have that job next year. How are you approaching this situation? Yeah, I agree. There's a ton to unpack here. So two really consequential data points. Number one, with Carolina's pick, even if you win a bunch of games, which as we're looking here is very likely, they could still have the first or second pick. So that's Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. So now you have to juxtapose that and – you have to make a decision on the fifth-year option, meaning in 2025, are we going to guarantee him whatever right. that number is, another $24 million? And basically what you have to say to yourself, is Justin Fields worthy of that at a minimum compared to resetting a rookie contract for Caleb Williams as a no-brainer, but a Drake May and then into these other quarterbacks? That's what you really have to answer. By the end of the season – if I'm Ryan Poles, i got to think of two things. Can Justin Fields take me to where I want to go as Matt Eberflus, the coach, to do it? Or are we better off with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley or some combination thereof? But the money becomes very significant because after this year, you have to say to yourself, is Justin Fields worth this extension? And as Chris Canney said on the show earlier, it's really hard to say that despite playing well the last couple of games because this is year three for him. Yeah, and I, I think they would have to – he would have to play at a high level – and they would have to win a surprising number of games the rest of the way in order for them to get to the point where they feel that way as an organization, right? So we'll see. I mean, you're right, Greeny, about the upcoming schedule. Like, those defenses are, are not that imposing that they're about to face in the next three, four weeks. So, yeah, maybe he could show something. We didn't think last night was going to go the way it was going to go, right? We have no idea how the rest of the season is going to go. If, the, if these shadows remain unchanged, right, then, then I think they're probably looking for another quarterback in the offseason. But could he excel to a point the rest of the way where he becomes the obvious answer for them? Yes. And if that's the case and they're winning games along the way, everybody will feel differently about it. All right. It's a really interesting scenario that they face and a lot of questions. And they have a few weeks at least. If, if, they are, if they're going to entertain an in-season trade – they have a few weeks left to do it. We'll see. If not, then they've got the rest of their year to figure out the rest of their lives. I mentioned Magic Johnson on Twitter, now known as X. He is, of course, a part owner of the Washington Commanders, and he tweeted last night, tonight the Commanders played with no intensity or fire. We didn't compete in the first half and got down 27-3 heading into halftime. It was too big of a hole to climb out of, and that is why we ended up losing 40-20. to Now, people have at times, joked around about the way Magic tweets. Yes. And there is a little bit of that even in this one. There is. But I tell you what, 
I mean, when you got a part owner of the team coming out and saying, we played with no intensity, no fire, we didn't compete. Mike Tannenbaum, if you work in that building, what does that sound like to you? Ominous. You know, Dan mentioned this on the show, you know, the juxtaposition of going into the game, Matt Eberflus could be on the hot seat. But, look, I worked for the Jets when Woody Johnson bought him, and it changes the dynamic. You know, the Jets were owned for years by Mr. Hest and his estate when it was sold. Everybody knew there could be consequential changes. It's just the reality of it. And if I'm Ron Rivera, who's been around this sport a long time as a player and coach, he he knows what's in all likelihood coming. And when it's out there in the public like that, they have this mini buy. Every family is talking about it. Everyone's talking about, hey, should we put our you know house up for sale? What is it going to look like? What's the timing of this? It becomes a massive distraction. And by the way, like Washington has a good team. They have a chance to make some noise this year. But when it, something like that goes public and, and Magic should know better, it is consequential in the building. And I'm telling you, everyone's talking about it, even though they may not acknowledge it publicly. It is in the ether. It's just amazing how quickly things can swing, right? Like, if they go for two with no time left on the clock against the Eagles and get it on Sunday, and then they come out fired up and beat a team last night that I think most people agree they should have beaten, what, what's their record? They're 4-1, and one, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead, they're 2-3. and three. And, and one of the part owners of the team is, is tweeting or Xing or whatever he's doing about how they didn't, have any, they didn't come out with any fight. And that's, it, it, that's a significant, potentially a significant five days in the career of Ron Rivera, right, if you look down the road. So I, I think that's... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that was as great a night as it was for Chicago last night. Very disturbing one for the Washington Commanders, especially the specter of new ownership and the potential for change whenever that happens. Greedy, I think the other thing, too, is I think Sam Howell's a really hard evaluation because we could put together a 10 or 15 play, you know, highlight film where he looks exceptional, tough and athletic and a great arm. And then he gets sacked. He yeah. got sacked a ton at North Carolina. He's last in the league and getting sacked again. And there's no way... The laws of physics apply. He is not going to make it through the season. And then you say, say to yourself, how can we counter him in the future? Because he just gets sacked a ton. All right. The, the next couple of games are at Atlanta and then at the Giants. And then they get another crack at the Eagles, this time in their own building. So I think that, that will determine, those three games will determine if they're going to have a season. They certainly have to win the two leading into the game against the Eagles, and then we'll see what they can do. Those are tough words from one of the owners of the team. You want to be a part of Greeny Nation? You do it on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Fellas, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this, Graziano. Uh, off to Foxborough this week. Weekend, so yeah, that's nice, it's nice for you. Or just a drive. Yeah, no airport this weekend. It's nice. So that's nice. He's got the Saints. Uh, and then you will be in Bristol uh, all weekend long, Mr. Yeah. Tannenbaum. With with Miss Cornette, we do one to four, the wraparound show every Sunday afternoon, and Shay's oh, so fantastic. I'll, I'll probably be on there at halftime from, from Foxborough. I'll, I'll be asking and yeah. answering questions with you. Right. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, <laughs> coming up next, every now and again, the word legend doesn't seem like enough. Today, that applies. We'll explain why right after this on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. There are basically two kinds of people that you see um, on ESPN for the most part. People who are who who are uh, have their names on shows like these. About half of them played professional sports. They got here by playing sports. I always used to say about Mike and Mike. You know, Golick played nine years in the NFL. That's how he wound up sitting where he wound up. I wound up sitting there because I was just a kid who grew up loving sports and primarily reading about them. Hemba, when you and I wrote that book last year, Got Your Number, you were, and everyone else was, always trying to push me towards all of the debate. It's the debate. Greedy, that's what sells the book. It's the debate. And I kept saying, what I'm proud of is the history. I love sports history. I love sports history books. I grew up reading them. I loved reading about the great heroes and legends of sports history. They became larger than life in my mind. There's almost no way that any player who currently plays can possibly rise to the level in my imagination of what these players who came before me were. And the greatest of all those legends, if you ask me to name the greatest legend in the long and storied and glorious history of professional football, this country's greatest passion, it was Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus was a man whose name inspired genuine fear in the hearts and souls of the toughest people in the world. Football players genuinely quaked in his presence. That's the way he was portrayed, and that's the way he was. I worked in Chicago a long time. I lived in Chicago a long time. I consider it my second home. I so wish I had met Dick Butkus. I never did. I was there the night they retired his number. The Bears retired Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers' numbers together, which was fitting because they were drafted one pick apart in the same draft in 1965, which may very well have been the greatest one-two draft pick, not even consecutively, but the greatest two players ever selected by the same team in the same class in the history of the sport. Let the record show I'm consulting no notes to have this conversation because none are needed. Dick Butkus was an icon. Dick Butkus is what made people fall in love with pro football. 
Football's about a bunch of things. These days, it's a lot about numbers, and it's a lot about the glitz and the glamour. But at its core, football is a gladiator sport. Football is about how tough you are and how tough the guy opposing you is. And who's going to be the toughest on this day, on this night? Who's going to walk off this field, and who's going to have to be carried off it? And no one ever epitomized that like Dick Butkus. I've never met a tougher person in my life than Mike Ditka. I've had any number of conversations with Mike Ditka over the years about Dick Butkus. And when I tell you, Mike Ditka, who fears nothing, will tell you he was scared to death of Butkus. They would go up against each other in practice. He said, I'm not going anywhere near that guy. Dick Butkus in practice would bite your face off if your face mask wasn't on right. So I could read off for you, so now I will pick up my glasses, and I will read off for you a couple of numbers. They don't do anything to tell you the story of his legend. He forced 47 turnovers in nine seasons. He was two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He was the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year in a year in which his team went 1-13. and He received MVP votes that year. First-team All-Pro five times, won the Hallis Award in 74. He was a member of the All-Decade team of the 60s and the 70s. He was on the NFL's 70th anniversary team. He was on the NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team. And when they've played this game for 500 years, he will be a member of that team, too. There will never be a greater legend than Dick Butkus. When I saw that news yesterday, I was sitting there at dinner with my wife, and... um, you know, we were having a nice conversation or whatever it was. And uh, she picks up her phone for some reason. I think one of my, our kids was, I think Nikki was flying somewhere last night. And so Stay said, I, you know, we try, and, we try and put our phones. She makes fun of me because I will sometimes have my phone out at dinner. But the truth is, I really do try not to look at it so we can just have an evening. But she had to pick, have her phone sort of handy because Nikki was traveling and her flight was canceled out or something like that. So I sort of surreptitiously picked up my phone and I let out an audible sigh. So it frightened my wife to death. Like it sounded, I think I made the kind of noise I might make if someone who we desperately cared about had died. And I think the reason for that is because that is what happened. I never met Dick Butkus and let, I, fe- I felt like I'd lost a member of the family yesterday. I will give it to you, Hembo, on this thought, because I know you did all the research for our book. He most certainly owns the number 51, and our book got your number. And, and if we do that book again 100 years from now, he still will. But the best way I can think of to explain this is the world just felt like a better place knowing he was still alive. And it feels like a lesser place today. So those are my initial thoughts on the passing of the legendary Dick Butkus. Hembo, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't possibly be more eloquent than you just were. But even so, Dick Butkus is one of the few legends in sports, in any sport, that was genuinely greater than, larger than the game itself. Like, Dick Butkus is football. You know, obviously we watch football every Sunday now, and, and most of what we see is uh, very unrecognizable in relation to what football looked like when he played. But you said it right. Like fundamentally, football is a game of me versus you. It's, a, it's the most physical sport that we have that we love. 
And no one was more intimidating than Dick Butkus was. And so in some sense, he is to his sport what someone like you know, Babe Ruth or Bill Russell is to theirs. I don't think that's overstating it. I mean, his ethos is as fundamental to football as football could be. And so that's definitely part of it for me. The other thing, too, is that Dick Butkus is, is the patriarch of an absolutely legendary lineage of Bears linebackers. Yeah. And when you go through the great, all the annals of sports history, I think you could make a very cogent argument that being a middle linebacker for the Bears is the number one legacy position. And like I said, he's the patriarch of it. So I obviously never watched him play a game in his life. But having done that research for the book with you, um, I learned a great deal and was made to appreciate the fact that this is a person who was genuinely larger than life itself. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. That is obviously with Singletary and Erlacher, and and it all started with Butkus. And I'm just some of the quotes here that that, um, the guys did a nice job putting up here. Ernie, of course, he said, when he hit you, you stayed hit. Mike Ditka said, I think Dick put the fear of God into a lot of people. I told you we had those conversations. He and I, MacArthur Lane said, I prayed that I could get up every time Butkus hit me. Um, The legacy position piece of it, I think, is a really interesting one. I mean, he's one of the true legends, one of the genuine legends in the history of his sport. One of his last tweets someone put up here on my screen. I did follow him on Twitter, too. One of his last tweets pictured him on Soldier Field's playing surface last month, and he tweeted, somebody give me some pads and a quarterback to tackle. <laughs> There's just something kind of awesome about that also. No, Butkus, I mean, what, what can you say? It, it's, it, it is, it is there's, the name was too perfect, too. Dick Butkus. I mean, what, what could sound more like football than Dick Butkus beating the hell out of you? Um, and I didn't get to see him play either, for the record. He... He retired very young, played only nine years because of knee injuries. That was at a time when knee injuries ended people's careers at nine years. But but he still managed to be the, the greatest player in the history of his position. I, I think if you were to name the two greatest defensive players in pro football history, he's one of them. I, I don't know how you choose between him and Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, I think Lawrence Taylor and Dick Butkus are the two greatest players, defensive players in the history of pro football. Does that sound right to you? Yes, I think that Reggie White would be up there. He's right there. Uh, but in terms of, I mean, in terms of the position he played, he's number one for I mean, sure. To put in the center of your defense, I think Dick Butkus is number one. You mentioned the knee injuries, which forced him to retire after nine seasons. I mean, the reason that he absorbed so many of those is because no one was willing to take him head on. Like he was the first defender that was regularly chop blocked like that, in part because you couldn't block him otherwise. His opponents said that regularly. A couple of notes um, in regards to how hard he hit and how intimidating he was. You mentioned Gerald Sayers, the whole practice thing. Like Gerald Sayers said, the hardest hit he ever received was by Dick Butkus, and it was in practice. Mm-hmm. And there was a legendary game against Detroit when, <laughs> when they deployed the eye formation against the Bears at, at the old Tiger Stadium. Every single player in the eye, the center, the quarterback, the fullback, and the halfback, was knocked out in the game by Dick Butkus. Yeah. I mean, it's so good, it's so, so ridiculously good. I'll, I'll finish it with this. The first talk shows I ever hosted, before there was Mike and Mike, um, I worked locally in Chicago at, at, at WSCR Radio, the station that now is still on, competes with our station, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. 
And that's where I started. I started there as a producer, and I, wor- I worked my way up to being a reporter, and then I eventually was hosting talk shows. And my partner was Doug Buffon, who was a teammate of Butkus mm-hmm. all those years. I, I mean, and, and Buffon was a good player. Uh, no, I mean, he would have been the first. He's no longer with us either, Doug. God bless him. Um, he would have been the first to tell you he wasn't as good as Dick Butkus. And the, the legendary joke we always used to make and he good-naturedly would laugh at it, Buffon would. And I think, as I think about it now, I think that's one of the places that I also, my my regard for Butkus or my vision of him grew also just from being around Doug all those years because he would always tell those or tell me all these stories. But my favorite story was uh, that he would say, or that we would joke around with him, was we would say, Doug Buffon on the field was heard to say on practically every play, hold him, Dick, I'm coming. Because he's, he's on his way. He's on his way to get a hit in there, and we'll see. And then I, I'm, I'm trying to look this up to make sure I'm remembering it right. But I'm almost positive that I am. That the when the uh, Chicago Bears were involved in the making of the original movie, Brian's Song, the movie is about Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers, who were Chicago Bears teammates. Uh, and Brian Piccolo, the running back, died very young of cancer. And, and it, it, it's one of the greatest movies ever. James Conn played Brian Piccolo and Billy D. Williams played Gale Sayers, and many of the Bears' actual players, including Doug Buffon and Dick Butkus, appeared in the movie. Like, there were scenes that they showed of all that. So, Doug was telling me a story. I'm doing this from memory. I apologize in advance if I get some of the details slightly wrong, but I definitely am going to get the, the most important part of it right. So, apparently, so they're running some plays, and James Conn's going to take a handoff He's playing James Piccolo, a running back, and he's going to run into the line, and the Bears defenders are supposed to make it look like they're hitting him hard and tackle him to the ground. And so James Conn, I guess, fancied himself, you know, like a tough guy. And so, like, a couple of, they did a couple of takes, and he's yelling, Oh, come on, guys, this is nothing. You can't hit me. I'm, I don't even feel it. I don't even feel it. Hit me hard. Show me what it feels like. Hit me hard. And I guess eventually, this aggravated Buckus. <laughs> And Butkus just decided he was going to hit James Kahn, the actor, hard. And so there's a take in which James Kahn took a handoff, ran up the middle. Butkus just took him out. And Doug said all he remembered was everyone getting up and James Kahn just flat on his back, completely unconscious, unable to move, and shooting was done for the day because Butkus just obliterated James Kahn. Later, Sonny Corleone, um, you know, one of the legendary actors. And I, I, I'm trying to look up and see if I can find any of these stories. Um, but that I remember D- uh, Doug telling me that story about James Kahn. So anyway... Uh, what can I say except rest in peace, Dick Butkus, and thank you for just leaving us in awe as, as a kid who just loves the sport. And I never got to see you play it, and I never got to shake your hand, but I have been in awe of you my entire life. And wherever you are now, I guarantee you everyone is scared to death. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Meanwhile, I don't know if the Bears players of today were inspired or not, but one way or another, as we open the show, they played out of their minds last night, and they wind up playing a game, candidly, I didn't know they had in them. Seven of the last eight quarters, which have taken place over the last five days, Justin Fields has been sensational, not good, sensational. Hembo, what do we make of that? Well, I mean, this is obviously a, a real come-to-Jesus moment for Justin Fields, considering that not so long ago, we were already writing him off. And candidly, I think the, the likelihood that Justin Fields winds up 
earning the trust back so much so that he gets another contract with the Bears is probably unlikely. However, what we have seen over the last couple weeks is that he's got a lot more in his bag than we thought, and with the, the, the conviction with which he has thrown the football over the last two weeks is really something to behold. And it's one thing to do it against Denver, who we know just stinks on defense. But theoretically, at least, Washington's a team with real players on defense. And uh, I don't think anybody expected the Bears to put up 27 points in the first half of that game, and they did. So the, co- the, 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 the connection between Justin Fields and DJ Moore is exactly how Bears fans drew it up. He also ran for 57 yards last night. So it's all kind of coming together here. And if you're a Bears fan, you've got to feel awfully good because Justin Fields is now playing well. You've got the Carolina Panthers pick sitting, sitting in your lap. You're looking at a situation now, even though this season's probably not one that's going to yield any high-level success, you're at least going to have options. You're at least going to be in decent position by the time you get to the offseason. If your quarterback's playing this well, if you have uh, opportunities and assets in the draft, you at least have flexibility. You have options, and that's a great thing for an organization to have. Right now, Justin Fields is not only uh, auditioning for himself in Chicago, but for 31 other teams potentially in the offseason. The, the Bears are in much better shape than a team just mired in mediocrity. Well, isn't that incredible? I mean, how, how different one game can make everything feel. We were firing everybody after they gave up that lead on Sunday against Denver. Instead, we're sitting here thinking, you know, if they had hold on to win that game, that we'd be talking about them as being sort of on the fringe of the playoff chase. It is amazing how much one game can change everything. Tune in for college football action tomorrow night. Minnesota hosting number two, Michigan. Presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Speaking of which, sneaky big news is coming up next. How one major sport is going to look completely different starting next year. That's next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs that's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Okay. So there's something I just want you to know. This was not what I was planning to do here. 
But something very important just happened. And I feel like we need an intervention. Okay? Yeah. Hambo, you know that I love you. I do. You know that you are like, um, not a son to me, you're like a nephew to me. Now, you've been with me now for how many years? Ten what years. You, how many? Ten, uh, almost ten years. Almost ten years. And all of that. So, when you say something that concerns me, I feel obligated to point it out. Bubba and Cam, you did not hear this. So, Hembo and I are just sitting here, getting ready to come out of a commercial break. And I just asked him how his wife, Lizzie, is doing. Again, I'll, I'll remind anyone listening who doesn't know. Hembo's wife also works at ESPN, and she actually worked on Mike and Mike before he did. So, I've known her longer than I've known him. So, I just said, how's Lizzie doing? And he said, actually... She's on her way to Vegas to do some work on the WNBA final. She's involved in that. And then you just mentioned a text that she sent to you. And I, I was just hoping that you could read that text to the guys and see if they have the same reaction to it that I do. Yeah, no problem. She says, ugh, I forgot my wedding ring. Oh. So let's go, let's go through that again. And she, and she went where? To Las Vegas. <laughs> Not what you want. She went to Vegas, and <laughs> yeah. she forgot. forgot. Yeah, she forgot, all right. Ugh. Ring. How did she spell Ugh? U-G-H? Yes. Uh, any any, uh, any, there are any six, punctuation? Six Gs. Oh, my gosh. Six Gs. So she She's landed eight, on thick. So she texts me at 8.25, just got in my Uber. Nine minutes later, she notices that she forgot her wedding ring. So, so what, what, what I think the suspicious or cynical among us might suggest is she's concerned you may find the wedding ring she left at home she quote unquote forgot at home and wonder why it's there so she needed to get ahead of that story by saying that she forgot her wedding ring when on her way to Las Vegas and Bubba many of you may not know this but long before Bubba's long and now storied career in radio production, uh, Bubba was actually a couples therapist. So he worked right. on this. He was a, a very learned uh, psychologist, uh, has written several books on the subject. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you would hold counseling sessions with couples, yes? Oh, yeah, very famous ones. Um, all I, mean, the I don't want to say who, but... No, no, understood. If I'm not mistaken, it was uh, 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 famous people, right? Like, oh, yeah, Too famous to even very. say. Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, he tried to hold them together. It didn't work out that way. So, but he's, he's got a lot of experience in that regard. So what is the right way for me to, to broach with Hembo what it is that I think everyone hearing this is sort of thinking? Well, I think he's got to very delicately just let him down easy because it's going to be a, a long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I, think, I think there's some cause for concern here. Hembo, that that Lizzie didn't want to have her wedding ring with her right? as she went to Las Vegas, a city in which, as I think you know, what happens there stays there. <laughs> so let me just add one more data point here as the plot thickens. As it turns out, today is our five-year engagement anniversary. And I say as it turns out because I was <laughs> informed of this this morning in a text message to me and my wife by my mother. Mm. Now, Lizzie... Wait, no- what? What do you mean you were informed of this? As in, I didn't, I didn't remember myself. <laughs> but oh. neither did Lizzie. Or she was just waiting for me to say something first, which I suppose is possible. 
But I wonder if these two things are in any way related. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible she was waiting for something prior to that Uber. Mm-hmm. No, nothing was said. Wedding ring off. I'm off to the airport. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think he's putting two and two together oh, and getting four. No. <laughs> I do. I think he's getting four. I, I, I think this is I, – I listen, I mean, I, I think we may have to ask the listeners, you know, if, if anyone else would be as – like, if you're – Spouse, like uh, there, there was just a. a this is going to sound like like a sexist thing to say, and, and I don't mean it that way. Like if the roles were reversed, there'd be a lot of eyebrows raised, right? <laughs> oh, very much. So. Like if all of a sudden you're in Vegas and you know you send some pictures back. Oh, look, I'm hanging out with uh, who you're hanging out with Mike in Vegas. Uh, Mike Tyson, uh, whoever it is, you might be hanging out with in Vegas. Siegfried or Roy, which, whichever one. Mark Davis. Mark Davis. <laughs> look at his haircut. Similar uh, hair. Know, I'm hanging out here in Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo. That would that would cause a lot of question marks. Big time. And all of a sudden, someone would say, "Huh? I can't help but notice Hembo doesn't have his wedding ring on in this photo in Vegas." I don't know how that would be received. Here's why I'm just so skeptical and even cynical is because literally until this morning, mm. Lizzie has had a perfect record of wearing her. Wedding ring. Like, there have been a couple occasions in which I've, because I don't keep it on 24 7. There have been a couple days in you which. You don't keep yours on 24 7? Right. So if I. If when I, do you take it off? Uh, if I exercise, if I'm in the shower, like things like that. You take your wedding ring off in the shower? Yes. Huh. And also, like if I'm lifting weights, I don't want to bend this, you know, incredibly expensive gold band that I have here. But you take she, your, 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 your wedding ring off to lift weights? I do. Yeah. Well, because I like, think I'm holding like a dumbbell, you know, I don't want to like. Listen, I've been holding a dumbbell for 10 years. Not the dumbbells I'm, I'm holding. But I'm. Go ahead. Anyway. I'm skeptical because this is her first offense, and this is also the first time that she has been to Las Vegas since we've been married. Right. So, like, that doesn't—I'm not a big coincidence person. No. This feels like an awfully—this would be an awful big stretch for it to be a coincidence. Right. I mean, there's, I, yeah. how many times in the—has has she ever forgotten any sort of milestone of any sort of thing between you guys? Because I'm thinking there's no possible chance she does not realize this is the anniversary of your engagement, No, we right? celebrate, like, our dog's— Right. Uh, she's on top. I assume she's on top of everything, right? How did everything. you get engaged? Like, what was the, what were the, uh, give me the nutshell circumstances. I took her to Longwood Gardens, this beautiful place in suburban Philadelphia. Hey, I know that place. Yeah, I, beautiful. I, I, I found some, like, sort of desolate gazebo and dropped a knee and, and popped the question. Romantic. Mm-hmm. Desolate? Like, it was just kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't um, covered in a lot of foot traffic. It was kind of off on its own. Okay, fair enough. I don't think desolate was the word you were looking for there, but I understand what you mean. And, and, I, and, I, and I like any conversation that involves the word gazebo. Anyway, I, I'm just looking around this room, and I'm just thinking, like, everyone is thinking, Bubba, what I'm thinking. And that is that you need to be on the next flight to Vegas, okay? You need to be out there. You need to go fight for your woman, for the mother of your children. You need to go out there and say, I'm sorry that I forgot our five-year engagement anniversary. And bring the wedding ring. And bring the ring with you. That is correct. That's what she wants. She wants you to come with the ring and chase after her and prove your love, which generally speaking, because you are a a world-class doofus, you fail to do so often. But the thing is, this is my first time as a tr- like truly as a stay-at-home dad by myself. She hasn't left the house. So it's, this is the first time where I'm alone with the girls. Well, who is with the girls right now? Well, right now they're at daycare. What time do they get out of daycare? Uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon. And so you're going to pick them up at 5 o'clock and it's just going to be you and the girls? Yes, and next week I'm going to be coming in to work late because I have to drop them off in the morning. So, like, this is just me and the girls, and then I have this... 
I don't know, like my estranged wife in Vegas now, apparently. I think that's the right term. I think at the, this, as of this moment, she is estranged. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty desolate. <laughs> yes, you have not been left, but she, there's an estrangement going on here. I find the whole situation very estranged. She could have been, if she went to San Francisco, if she went to Minneapolis, if she, if she went to anywhere, I'd Correct. feel okay. It yep. had to be Vegas. It had to be Vegas. You got to hit Vegas. Atlantic City. It had to be Vegas. So I think uh, I, I'm sorry that I distracted us or sidetracked us from where we were headed, but I think Hembo was headed to that desolate gazebo in the sky, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.